Hello, hello, hello. It is Ian, Lisa, hello. Andre. Hello. We've never worked out the opening. We just have the... It changes week to week, and I love it. But here's the thing, too, is that, you know, now that uh, Andre is blowing up with the Avatar Hour podcast, we won't have to worry about it because he's going to leave the group anytime, you know. He's getting all these kind of downloads. He's so busy with it. We're going to lose him soon, and it'll just be me no. and you back here quietly in the corner going, okay, today we're going to talk about I May Destroy You. <laughs> Only one of us watched it. Great. <laughs> No. I know. That's what I was thinking yesterday. He was like, I want to do one on that one. I was like, in my mind, I was like, shit, I didn't watch that. I don't. It's really intense. <laughs> it's probably one of the best TV shows on air right now. And it's blowing up quietly with people who are like, are like holy fuck. It's just it's so powerful. Michael Where, Cole, where's it called again? It's called I May Destroy You. It's on HBO. It's Michael Cole who uh, hmm. created Chewing Gum. I can't say enough about it. It's... uh. It's they have only made one Michael Cole. They have only made one person like this. I, I it's I liken it to the same phenomenon as Phoebe Waller Bridge with Fleabag. It's like where did this person come from? Holy fucking shit! And mm. the empowerment and just the the brutal honesty about sexual assault, um, and all the stuff that goes on, and just her. I just can't take my eyes off of her. She's amazing. Um, okay. Well, we're here to talk about Ian. It's Ian Day here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the most talkative one of the three of us. There's no video to, to show Happy the, Ian Day. To show the silence. Yeah, we're uh we're not doing the video today, but uh so we've been talking about we're we're starting this series and Ian's the beginning of the series. We're talking to people in production about a world of of trying to get back on set in the middle of COVID. I don't know if any of you really pay attention to how your steak gets made, how your TV shows get made, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes. Some of you know this um, very intimately, and you read the credits like I do, and you stay there for the credits, and you want to know who the gaffer is, or you want to know who the best boy is. Or uh, I've always been that kind of nerd. And so I'm talking to a lot of friends and uh, just a lot of people about how they're handling COVID because we, we're getting back to work. But we're trying to get back to work safely. So let's start with the most basic thing we need to know about what you do, Ian. What is a sound mixer? Well, I'm, I'm responsible for um, whether whatever or the project. It could be, you know, um, narrative or commercial or just corporate. Um, and your department is completely responsible for all the audio end of the production. On set. So, on set. Right. So, and it depends also on, on different projects. Uh, you might be collaborating with the, the post sound mixer because he might say, mm. hey, um, can you capture this sort of sound? Because the post sound mixer might be collaborating with the composer. That's what they did with... Um, um, Dunkirk. Dunkirk, right? Right. So, um, I've never had to... Well, I've, I've had to... I've worked on like little projects where <laughs> there was no post, and so they're like, "Can you get capture this sound so we can have it?" <laughs> right. So, so sort of like Foley, but in, and at that you know that stage of the yeah. career. What and, is and Foley? Time. Tell everybody oh, what Foley is. So Foley is um, it's another division of sound, and it's um, creating the sound effects that you hear. So, <clears throat> not all the time when you're on location will you get a clean 
sound of a footstep or something, say. Um, so what they'll do is they have Foley Studios, and, and you can just Google just Google a, fo- a Foley Studio. F O L E Y. F O L E Y, yeah. And look at the the photos, and there's all sorts of they've got you know sand pits and buckets mm-hmm. and all these t- sort of things um, to create the sound from footsteps to crunching in snow hitting to hitting the side of a meat with a yardstick. Exactly, and then you know <laughs> yeah. like what what does a T Rex sound like? Well, none of us know what a T Rex sound like. But they, for Jurassic Park, they mix that with, you know, several of the dinosaurs, they mixed it with other animals that are around. Mm. And they came up with this, you know, hybrid sound of what we think a T-Rex sounds like. So it's essentially a form of sound design. Sound design, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So cause Yeah, what- I would look up. I would look up videos of Foley artists recording because it is it is wild. It They really get all the minuscule everything in a scene, anything from what you said, fist up. So like a paper rustling or like a yeah. door lock clicking shut. Like it's crazy what they do. Sometimes and, they and can go like, overboard. I had a film one time I was working on that were like, I'm like, bro, seriously, these bugs are so loud. He said, well, we're in the South. And I don't know if you know how the South is. This guy's from New York sitting there going, I don't know if you know how the South is. I'm like, bitch, I was born in the South. Our bugs are not that loud. We're inside an old thick mansion we don't need to be here in the nature up in a girl bedroom. Like he was just trying to have it with me. And I was like, you need to calm down, calm your tits, Foley guy. But let's talk about what you do. Like what, so you're not a Foley guy, but you have, you do Foley, you end up doing those things. Well, what are, what are the no. biggest challenges for you though? Like as a sound mixer, what are the top most irritating recurring challenges and or questions you get from people who don't know what you do, even inside the, you know, the industry? Um, the, the heart, and, and again, it, this is all specific to, um, project and budget, but it's not, you know, they're not mutually exclusive. Gotcha. Um, the heart, the hardest thing, and, cause you, you can get this shit and on, on really high, um, uh, uh, productions as well, but the hardest thing is location, sound in the location, um, you don't, and that's why, like I brought up, post sound is because you have to cre- recreate all of that stuff. So my, what I do specifically is to try to capture dialogue at a level that all of my background noise is gone. So um, when I give my files over to post, they can drop in. Like I'm sorry, I'm I'm talking as if I'm not talking to civilians. Um, multi-track recording, so you have um, a certain input. You have a let's say you have your vocal one, your your first guy, and then you have your second guy, your vocal two. Each one of those people have a, a unique um, what, what should I say a um, a track of their dialogue, specifically them. And that's why I said I want to get that as healthy as possible because there's all these different tracks that we're going to mix. And if you have a healthy dialogue track, then you don't have to worry about it being like something from the background bleeding in or all that kind of stuff. If you don't, then you have to go into what we call ADR, um, automated dialogue replacement. Is that what it is? Um, I automatic? Use, automatic? I don't, automatic dialogue I, I don't know if it's automatic. I used to know. I don't think it is. Yeah, it's audio dialogue Audio, yeah, or let something me, like that. Let me look it up. Um, and I've, what's funny is I have been in ADR sessions, like like big ones. I haven't been running them, but doing like BTS on, on pretty big stuff. And it's really, it's really amazing what they do. Um, 
And you don't want to do it, though. I don't want to do it. I'm going to tell you, I, as I a producer, I never wanted to do it. Because, first of all, it's so hard. It depends on the actor. It can be very rattling. And it's it's a lot of times it's hard to get it right. And here's the thing. You know this intimately, Ian, is that once you are out of the native environment in ADR, you can feel it. It's like when you feel CGI in something that's, you know, jarring CGI. I can hear it. And even if the, you're not yeah. cognizant of it, I think we can hear ADR. So... The, per- the sound mixer on set is very, very important to get that native sound because and, we hear yeah. it, right? And there's a lot of things that you do on the day as well in in production, like room tone. Um, you want to get the sound of that room. You want all the people in the room. You want all the lights on. You want any type of ballast or humming that's already going because if you capture that frequency, and this is all, you know, this is all technology-based, if you capture a certain frequency, you can start pulling that out, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know any. I don't know post. Trust me, I don't know the post world. I am, I am always surprised when I hear the the end results. I don't get to see a lot of end results, but I'm like, holy shit, that sounds really good because I remember on the day I was fucking around with the street behind me, and it was traffic and it was eighteen wheelers downshifting. Yeah. So you don't you don't do any any of the sound treatment yourself. You just try to get it to a point where if they need to do sound treatment, they can. Um. Yeah. Even exactly. The elements. Yeah. I, yeah. And again, the tools that they have, I, I I don't even know all of them, but I know I know what my what I need to do, and my job is to get that get that uh, that um, dialogue, that wavelength, that those those transients on that on the wavelength as big and powerful as I can get them. So I just hear dialogue. And then when the, when the, the dialogue stops, you could always mute that track right there. Right. You can always stop mm-hmm. because right. again, if you're not familiar with multi-track, um, multi-track and recording and mixing, it's a little bit confusing. It's really hard to explain. When I started the, uh, the uh, recording school, I did not get, I did not understand that concept at all of multi-track recording. And it wasn't until I stepped in and I started seeing what it is and doing it myself. Because when you, like, those of you on the, on, the cam, on the picture side, if you just see your raw files, it, looks, it doesn't look as clean and, and crisp as after it's been color corrected, right? If you have raw audio files, if you're just listening to your raw audio files, you hear all the, the, the background noise, all the shit you don't want. You mix it in, you do some... Uh, EQing and manipulation, and it sounds different, and that's mm-hmm. what the greats do. Like in in um, when you're recording tracking for instruments, you know you have specific mixers who do tracking, and then you have another whole mixer who does mastering. So like yeah, the sound world. When someone says you do sound, it's so many different things. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of lot of um, there's a lot of wizardry going on. I feel like. It's magic. Um, also, Ian, you were right. It does stand ADR does stand for automated dialogue. Automated. automated. Okay. Interesting. There you go. There ain't yeah. no so automated my about question. that though. I don't know. What's automated about <laughs> That's it? That's a human it's, being standing there trying to like <laughs> lip sync to themselves. I don't know about that. Where'd that come from, guys? <laughs> automated. It also said slash post sync, so I don't know. Do you know what is funny is I did one ADR session here at the house. I was working on this little um I don't want to say little because that's I don't want to I don't want to ever do I that. I don't say little. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was working on a project, um, and it was like a spec you know, project. 
and I got to do I they needed one line of ADR and I was like, holy shit, I don't even have an ADR studio, but I have, you know, the equipment. So I just I, the skills. I threw up a TV, cooked it up to my um my computer so I can put the image, display the image, dropped in the mm -hmm. microphones, had my actor just stand behind the piano, you know, covered them up a little bit and then just did the line and then sent it to him and it worked out perfectly. I was like, oh, wow. Like, and then he said the TV you. was too small and you're like, that's okay. I have 25 others we can pick from. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little joke about how many TVs we have in the house. I have so many questions because I have been in post. I've been in post where I've seen them take, you know, they can only work so much with what they're given. So if you have garbage on set, if you have a guy who doesn't know what he's doing or a girl who doesn't know what they're doing or whatever, or you have some, the most horrible thing you can do to your sound guy is look at the visuals only. It's, it's a lost art. I used to be a locations manager, a location scout, and we would do a full sound report on medium to low budgets. They don't even do that anymore. They're not even teaching people to do that. And what you do is you go and you stand on your set and you listen for traffic. You get an idea if you can talk to neighbors, if it's a residential area, when is um, one of the gardeners the gardener there, when's garbage, of, yeah. you know, when's garbage day. No one thinks of that. Standing under the flight patterns. Oh, I'm standing under this low level. The smaller airports are even worse than, say, worst. LAX because you got, yeah. you got this lawnmower flying over your head. And I used to do this uh, even before Ian got into it. And I, I, would t I took sound very seriously. And I would, how many sound men and sound women would come up to me and hug me and go, somebody thought about us. Because there's only so much you can fight against. And if they put you next to the 405 which I guess you could actually get tone off of that because it's so consistent. But it's still, like, it's very much something that you should think about as when you're thinking about locations, it's not just the visuals because it, it really impacts your final, your final products because we are creatures of sound. Yeah. As much as we want to say we're visual, we, we, we see what we can hear well, a there's, lot of times. There's, it seems that there's two different schools in, in the way post is done. Mm. Um. And I, and I think, I don't know if this is actually true, it's just my observation, is that there are some people who want to hear the size of the room, they want to hear the environment, and then other times we're in an area where you should be hearing something naturally, and everything's so compressed. Right. You're on a park bench, but you're like, are we in a void? And it's like, what is this? Yeah. And I don't know if that's a creative choice, or if that's just... I don't, I don't know when that decision, yeah. you know, who makes that decision. I think it's down to a person because sometimes as a creator, you want that weird, odd feeling. But I think a lot of times it's just naivete. Seriously, I've seen people just mm -hmm. kill the joy out of a scene where I'm like, let this breathe. I, I tend to, when I, when my philosophy, personal philosophy is, when I record, I want, I want excellent dialogue recording, but I want to also hear my room. I, if I'm in a cavernous room like in Game of Thrones, I want to hear that distant echo. And they do that. I don't know. I think they did that in post because that's a set, that's a set right? I mean, there is no stone. But there's still studio. There's still stereo miking. There's still stereo booming. They're still, yeah, and that's the thing is they're, they're dropping in that boom. Yeah. They're getting the, the, the good sound. And then that, 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 really good level sound your post sound mixer can take that and then just tweak a reverb or 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 whatever they call it and you just get a very subtle 
you know, because it's not echoing like right. It's not like you're in the bathroom singing. Shame, shame, shame. You know, you just want it's just the subtle feeling of breathing like okay i'm in a room you want a little bit of an yeah. echo on chaos is in a ladder but you don't want the chaos as a ladder yeah so everybody hears and then all of a sudden little finger and varus are not having this conversation privately yeah yeah i think yeah i think that what you're saying i think it also really adds to the experience of just watching it and i think next to what's visually on the screen i think most audiences are sensitive to sound because it's one of those things that for at le- as as long as we can, you know, are able of hearing, that's something we experience every day. And when there is uh, something that doesn't add up in what we're seeing, we notice it, whether it be like something that's not synced up right or yeah. an ADR snippet that's just a little louder than the rest of the dialogue. Right. Like we notice that stuff. Yeah. But like, is it hard for you? Like, I don't know if if you're like this, but when you're just like watching things for your own enjoyment, do you switch off that critical part? Are you just like, oh, this sounds really good, or ooh, this sounds really bad, or do do you just not care? I it's or are fir- you like really into it? It's the first thing I notice, um, and it's not. I don't judge it. Um, I play through that day. I'm like, okay, this is what probably happened because I've experienced it. Because I know what a certain thing sounds like. I know when you don't have the high, you lose your your mid your mid levels. Um, I know what all love sounds like and no boom. I know what all boom all boom sounds like and no love. Um, you know Or when they put the generator way too close to the fucking set and you're like, Oh, they did have to do something there. Oh, oh. Somebody fucked that up. That's you know, that that is you know I don't think the I don't think people watching will hear that. I think the 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 sound mixer on the day is the one who's going We've heard that. some things, though, that were kind of like first season, low-budget pilot, and we're like, oh, fuck, okay. That's true. There's I, been a couple times you're like, oh, God, yeah. we didn't know what we were doing, did we? Okay. <laughs> or have you ever been in that, in that <laughs> we're situation? We're leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't t- do ever- another take. I guess this is what we're doing. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been in that situation where you're watching someone and the actor has a particularly low resonating voice, and it feels like they EQ'd it even more, so you're just hearing the like the the lower frequencies and, and you're just like what are the words that they are saying because all i hear is just like mumbling <laughs> that's true i mean I, there there are there are certain actors who have this sort of like really rich low deep tone and i don't know how i well, i do know how to capture it but i have never come up well have i i might have um but if i ever worked with somebody like a morgan freeman I would just sit there and let the sound just bathe my eardrums because it's this, you're hearing it straight from the source, mm-hmm. un, unfiltered, and it's got to be something amazing. You know? What a unique experience, too, for the sound mixer to hear that firsthand. You're getting to hear the performance. You're when, getting to feel exactly. it. Exactly. I yeah. can tell when a, an actor is getting tired. Um, I can tell when they're getting frustrated, partially because I can hear what they're saying while they're mumbling it under their breath. Because I usually, I w- for the most part, when we call cut, I'll put them on mute. Um, you're not an eavesdropper. Like, some sound men can get creepy, and you're yeah. not that guy. You're like, you're not, you're not interested in hearing their shit. No. No. I mean, I, I, I hear it on my sa- I sa- I don't send it to, vi- to Village. I don't send it to directors or anyone okay. like that. I, I don't want... So you've never been on the set, and they're like, and the actor's like, oh, cut? Okay, we're good. Oh, this is fucking bullshit. I don't know what to do. <laughs> 
You've heard that no, a couple I've, of times. I've, yeah, I've heard that. I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard it quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to be on your phone. I know. <laughs> He's heard that too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like if, if you have like a really uh, insensitive sound mixer, you can, it can politically fuck some things up. Also, sometimes the sound mixer has captured when actors have showed their ass, like in the case of uh, Christian Bale. Who was yeah, going I off on set? I thought that was really strange, like because that was the sound mixer. No, it wasn't the sound mixer. It was. I mean, the, what I'm saying is the sound mixer let that roll, and someone released the sound mixer was it file. The, was it the sound mixer who was recording that? We didn't have phones at the time like that we do now. I don't think anybody don't was just rolling on like Bale's fit, and it also we caught it from the very beginning, which tells me that this was pulled directly from the sound guy's files. So I'm like, what kind wow. of deal was made there? He was yelling at the DP. Right. Yeah, somebody on camera side who was trying to like light while yeah. he was like doing his thing, and Bell goes off and blah blah blah, and it get really blown out of proportion because if you guys think that's like scandalous, it should just go on any set <laughs> Monday through Friday in this town when we were all working. You're gonna see that all the time. He just it was Christian Bale. He's dressed as Batman. It was probably hilarious. I would be losing it if Batman was like <laughs> screaming at me. I'd be like. Bro, come down. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to speak to that because I've never been in that situation. Um, I just, I, ha I have this, I mean, this is just my hope is that, you know, for the most part on the cruise side, when you get to that level, um, the only one who's misbehaving is is talent. Yeah. Um, because... I, we can't afford to misbehave. That's right. That is very true, isn't you that? Know, so um I I try to steer clear of of problems. Again, I don't work in the in the world where I have egos I have to deal with. Um I want to. That's the goal. I, I'd love to be there. <laughs> right. You want to work with egos. I, I do. I wanna be in the yeah. room with, you know, um RDJ. And and mm -hmm. Robbie Malik and I want to be in the room with Chris Evans and all those guys. Yeah, I want to be doing the 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 recording. Um, I want to be in a room with Chris Evans too, but probably <laughs> not the same way. <laughs> That's um, the day that Andre flies to town. I'll call you. Uh, you know, you can you can come to set with me. You know, and just be like, hey, he's my assistant today. Let's you know. <laughs> Andre will be yeah. in the corner you know? like fainting. Or maybe by that day you'll <laughs> no, be, he'll be you'll be scoring that that film, dude. Yes. So and Andre will be inviting yeah. you to set. Exactly. You'll you'll be like, hey, I just stopped by because Meet I my need mans. I need you to get this sound for me because I'm going to use it. My husband, so. Chris, is going to be on set today. You can meet him. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if COVID ever lets us fly anywhere. Right. So yeah. we're getting into that sort of realm. But before we get to that question, walk us through, if you, just as much as you want to tell us, about how you got into this. Like, how did you become a sound mixer? What did there, what, how did you end up here? Because this wasn't a path that you would have chosen. No, um, I, I was working for the MS Society for a good eight years or so. Um, and I was turning 30. And... I um I don't remember what it was, but I decided to go to the recording school, uh, LA recording school, and I had convinced <laughs> I convinced my parents to pay for it. Um, Good job, you know, and knowing they, your parents and and you know the thing well, is that's a miracle. <laughs> knowing Bruce and Olivia, I'm the, like the thing is is that you know, and I'm not embarrassed about it. I I dropped out of college like five times. I mean, Same. I even dropped out of like going back to, 
you know, I dropped out from dropping out kind of thing. It was that bad. Same. It's like I went to university, then I went to junior college, and I dropped out of junior college, and then I went back to junior college, and I dropped out again. I did the same thing. Um, so it wasn't I'm for not me. Kidding. I'm not li- kidding. I literally did the same thing. It just wasn't for me. No. So I was, you know, I was, I was working at the MS Society, and um, I had always been, I, I grew up as, as, as uh, a musician, and I played the piano and the cello and the orchestra, and I always wanted to be part of music in some way, but I didn't want to be one of the performers because I wasn't a performing artist. Um, I just didn't like it. I didn't even want to be part of an ensemble. Um, so I thought, hey, you know, maybe uh, music recording might work. I was working full-time at, the, at, at this time. I was just turning 30. I just met you. We just started dating. Um, so we were hanging I, out. I don't think we were dating. Well, around there. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to school part time, working full time. I think. Yeah, you were. Yeah, Cause you I, would get off at like. I had a crazy six, schedule. And I you would a, go yeah. into the school at eight and get out at midnight. I had a really crazy well. schedule. And he would leave Sequoia. He had this eighty-five pound husky slash golden retriever. This lar- I had a tiny apartment. And I hadn't seen the house yet. I didn't know he lived in a house. And he brought this 85-pound dog. Can you watch my dog? Because my cousin's staying with me, and she doesn't know how to look at the dog. She's leaving the dog in the dark yeah. and all this kind of shit. Went and feeding him, and he was howling. So he leaves the dog, and he brings this, this Falcor over <laughs> to the house. And I was like, this dog is dope, but he's bigger than my house. So that was kind of how we started. was like you needed a dog sitter. Uh, we were chilling. But you were like working, literally, you were going in at what, eight? And you yeah. were at school until midnight, one o'clock in the morning, well, for driving the, back from Hollywood. So. For the first month, um, I, th- I thought I could do full time work, full time school. And I, after a, a month of it, I don't even know if I did a month. I did a month. I was just like, this is really ridiculous. Couldn't do it. Went to the part time schedule. Um, long story short, is at the time, the, um, the LA recording school. Uh, was part of the LA Film School, but they they didn't have an integrated curriculum, you know. So the only thing about uh, uh, production sound that I got exposed to was um, post, um, and then I you know microphone theory, and then we talked about production sound microphones and how they differ and this and that. And I was like, oh, this is interesting, huh? Um, as we as I progressed on this uh, the the uh, the program to to finish, you have to have a uh, internship. We have to do X amount of hours in the profession. And again, I was working full time. Um, and one of the things they really, all these, you know, old mixers said is like, you have to, you know, pay your dues and work your way up. And examples they would say is like, you got to clean the, the studios, you got to go get coffee, you got to get this, you got to do it exactly like the mixer wants it and this and that. I, I get that. But I was like, I was a fucking grown ass man. You know, um, with a full time job, I wasn't going to hold anybody's pickles. I just wasn't going to do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, um, I don't know how to do this internship thing. And at that same time, you were doing um, a GoDaddy commercial. Yeah. That's when it, you know, you were still in production back in those days. And it worked out perfect because I was able to do my time on your commercial. So I did, the, I, I, was part of I, I uh, shadowed on the um, was a pre-production um, on production it was the first time I got to boom up uh, met Mike uh, you hired him to do your audio um, and then I got to hang out with you and post so I did all the 
the, Mike Martin, yeah. Yeah, all the I fulfilled my my hours, but that's when I got the bug and I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to be in a, a studio as much as I want to be in a cubicle. So it's that feeling, isn't it? Like when you're on a set, even though it's grueling, it's really boring. If you're visiting a set, like I want to come to set with you, I'm like, okay. If you gotta, if you want to be bored out of your damn mind, <laughs> but like when you're doing it, it's it, you get that bug, and you just you don't want to do anything else. It, you need, it's also it's hard to do. The l- hours are long. Nobody understands what the sound mixer does. It's all this shit, but you just you still don't care. I mean, like, do you still have that same? fervor that you had when you first got it or is it leveled out where are you right now with your enthusiasm it's 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 growing because you know when you're when you're like right now i'm living in the world where very small even even before covid very small crews i'm living pretty much in the um corporate world um and a little bit of of commercial that's where i'm doing getting my hours and i'm still you know trying to get into onto the industry roster so I go uh, apply for 695. Um, so which is interesting, it's like, you know, people listening get to see what the process is as someone's going through. I think that's, usually you don't get to see that. Yeah, but, um, it's a lot of paperwork right now. It's a lot of paperwork and st- and I'm it's really uncharted for me because I'm not a big joiner of things. I'm not a big group people. It's very true, he barely hangs on to doing this you podcast. Know. Yeah. This is the most you're ever gonna hear me talk. And you got me talking about the thing I like, I do, so I have something to say. Unless you're sitting in, you know, bullshitting with us here, you know. Yeah. Then he's a gab fest and people are like, Ian talks? I'm like, he does. He just, you know, he's like Madison J. Frog. I'll go, see, talk, and he's, ribbit. Um, I had, you know, so, so you, in the, the more you know, and the more you see the hassle, like contract services, you have to get your hours together, you have to work with the payroll companies, you have to talk to these producers, the people who hired you, so then you can get those hours together, and then you qualify, but it's not like it's an automatic thing, even once you grab all your hours and your paperwork, I mean, isn't there an approval process that you have to go through? Yeah, and uh, do you know a lot, of what I've, in, in my experience, I've, I've seen a lot of people, um, you know, they have someone to mentor them or, you know, they, they've, which is not a bad thing. You know, you have someone to, to bring you in. Um, I, I'm pretty much doing a lot of this just by learning, trial and error. Um, and the hours are going to be a lot, it's, it's going to be a little, take a lot longer for me because I, the way I want to approach is that I want all my hours payroll. I don't want to have any small um, corporate producers writing letters of how I worked for them and that I'm a sound mixer. I want everything being official payroll. Yeah. Um, and you uh, want to explain why or do you just have your reasons? That it, it's the, well, all, part of the reason was I, I don't, I don't want to go to some of my, you know, corporate clients and, and talk to them about, can you, can you please sign this letter for me? I just, it, it's weird because people get yeah. weird when you do that. Yeah. They get weird. They're like, oh, union. Uh, and if they feel like they were doing anything shady, they're yeah. like, uh, we can't. So I, I want to stay away from think, that. Oh, he may be expensive. I can't hire him now. He's going into the union. Exactly. So, and then also I want, when I get there, I want to know that I, I earned the right to be there. Mm. I want to be prepared. Um, I don't want to get, on a set and not know what to do. 
I you might can't not, fake it till you make it on a crew. I can tell you essentially that. Essentially, right that. I mean, I might not know what to know what to do because I haven't had this before. But I've had enough situations where I can calmly go, okay, I can go through the steps of how do we get this done? How do I deal with this personality? Because um, I want to work. I want to be the guy where they call and go, call Ian. He's a, he's this is a good sound mixer. You'll get your shit. He's not expensive. He's professional. Talent loves him. Crew loves him call this dude and your name gets passed around yeah and when when you're that guy you're that guy until you don't want to be that guy anymore yeah and you retire that's un- you know and it's unshakable when you're there legitimately when you've paid your dues i remember like trying to get you a couple of years ago to get into the union and you're like i'm not ready you know i i n- haven't put enough time on the water and then it, you just started feeling it and you were like, I need to feel it. I'll know when I'm ready to do it. And now you're ready to do it. And we, just because we had this time during COVID, you were like, we started a production company. Great. Because of AB5. Yeah. Thank you, fuckers in California <laughs> for cutting off our work, you dickheads. And then we just These we are set Democrats. Up, in these California. are Democrats, too. Democrats suck, too. So we, we set up a production company so we could, you know, be able to, like, continue to work and put food on our table. And then we decided, he just decided, you know, I'm going to start pulling my hour, hours together. And um, well, I had, we had this yeah. time, so here we are. Yeah. I had enough of hours to, to get started. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, I think I'm ready to at least do lowest tier work. Yeah. You know, um, and from there you just move up. But... Again, I I don't want to be somewhere where I'm not qualified to be. Yeah. Because that's the, just the worst. I mean, not only do you not feel good about it, you're letting all these other people down. Well, also, you'll get blacklisted exactly. that way. If you walk into a set and you've lied your way onto a set, you've bullshitted your way on the set, then, you know, you end up becoming Brian Singer. You end up being like this asshole who has no right to be there and you're resented and you're talked about, you know, and those people are not lasting these days. But if you're a crew and you walk in, people are like, fake it till you make it. I've heard people try to give that advice to like young crew members and I'm like, listen to me. The writers are the only ones who get to bullshit in this, in this situation, okay? Everything else about making up lies to put on screen and storytelling, you have to be the truth on that set. Yeah. The PAs get to fuck up and be young and, and, you know, and green and whatever. But you need to know your fucking job when you step on a set. And that the only way to do that is to, to, to do it for free for the longest time or a little bit of time. Yeah. And then just to get your feet wet. But I, mean, I, like the, I love the way you've done it because you've done it your own way. You're responsible. Yeah. You're responsible for a lot that, that, that people don't know. Is that you know, audio side is responsible for not only, like when you have, let's say, you're just watching something like The Amazing Race or something. Each one of those, each one of those groups has a, a camera and a, a sound team with them, and that sound guy not only has to monitor the audio coming from those two, the two contestants racing, and make sure that feed always stays constant. He's got to send that feed to that camera. Make sure that that feed is constant. He's got to make sure that his time code is all synced up between all the devices. And he's doing all these things at one time. One guy. Or a girl. Or a girl. One person with a mixer on their chest. and In the heat. In the heat. Shoved in the cold. into a pedicab. Exactly. <laughs> you know? and, and it's, you know, and nowadays, you know, they've, they've got it to where they're, you know, some of the, the small um, mix pre's that, uh, that sound devices have, um, 
they're awesome. I mean, you can just run and gun with that. Um, I don't have that equipment. Uh, my my mixer is a little bit older and larger. Uh, <laughs> I bought it before those other ones came out, and so and, am I. You know, older, larger. It's just I haven't I haven't purchased one of those other smaller but ones. It, but well, that's the other thing is yeah. that all of the equipment you use is your stuff, right? Yeah. Like they don't they don't provide any of no. that. Like that's all of your equipment. Yeah. You, you usually on on you know when you're working with you know a decent size uh, project uh, production, they'll give you a kit fee, um, mm. and that usually is 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 a, is a decent amount. Yeah, but when the actor is throwing down the mic or yeah. ripping it off, yeah, that's that doesn't belong to you. No. Please treat it with respect, actor. Meat puppet. You can either be an actor or you can be a meat puppet. So if you're a meat puppet, you're yanking shit off and throwing yeah. things around and you're throwing your costume on the floor <laughs> and you're doing all those shit. Don't be a meat puppet. Be an actor. Show up and do your job on the on the gig. I have I could tell you what, I could teach an entire class about actors and etiquette. But yeah. And there, you know, there is a certain certain magic that you experience when you're on set mm. when all of your departments are clicking and you're running together and you're getting your stuff done and you're cr you're just creating magic and we see it on the other side yeah you know we see it on the 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 screen side but to fill it in the room when you know an actor's connected and when it's powerful you've come back from like when you work on narrative stuff which let's face it narrative until you get to a certain budget narratives are usually low to no you're doing a friend a favor or you're working on something yeah. that you know is going to be good but you know, that's a hard racket to get into because narrative and what we're calling narrative is like the big storytelling kind of moments. It's not a commercial. It's not a promo. It's not a, you know. So I, I, you've come home from some of those. Just like I was there in that room when that actor nailed that and everybody yeah. felt it. And I know that feeling. And I'm just like, it's thrilling to see you experience that. That's I mean, and that's the thing. It's like visually you can. You know, you see it in a picture, and there's all the stuff going on, and you can appreciate it. Um, but when it's when it's coming straight from an actor, in like I said, into your eardrums, and you're you're hearing hearing unfiltered pain and sorrow, um, it affects you. You get emotional, don't you? It does. I remember doing this one this one scene, and and it was a Japanese film. I had no idea what the dude was saying. But I knew what was going on in the, in the scene. And I don't even think I was in the room. I think I was, or I might have been in the room because I was booming because I didn't have a, um, a, a boom op. But I was in a position where I had to, I wasn't looking, I couldn't see talent because of, of the way it was. I was just dropping it in and I was, I was mixing. Because of the flag farm? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but... And I knew our actor was stationary, and I was I could see the person if I needed to to adjust slightly, but I remember hearing the cracking in his voice as he's delivering this. You know, he finds his wife beaten and raped, and I just was like, I had to pull it together and not make you know, it's those those type of things. So, have you ever had the opposite experience when you're doing it and you're just like? script is garbage <laughs> like <laughs> you don't have to name any I'm not, names i'm not asking you to name names no but like have you I, been I, in that experience not 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 that the script was garbage because i i um 
like on corporate stuff, I don't really pay attention to what they're saying because it's a product and I don't know anything about right. the product. I, I, I'd rather, I'll let them do that. We don't have a scripty who's going to look, right. that's not, I'm sorry, that's not my department. <laughs> I'm going to use that excuse. But I have been like, been able to read back the script in my mind and I'm like, it's not that hard. Just say this. <laughs> <laughs> because on corporates a lot, they don't, they get civilians. And when, when you put on a camera, yeah, um, the lights are on, the camera's there. People freeze up. The boom drops in it's, front of it, people go. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I had, I worked on a student film where the talent that they hired, um, was having a problem because they were getting distracted by the boom mic and made made it very vocal that can you you know can we get rid of the microphone because it's distracting me <laughs> um no we cannot <laughs> so um, we're doing charades now it's interfering okay. with my so, art sounds, sounds like, like <laughs> a commercial <laughs> three syllables for dick pills yeah yeah whatever it was yeah it's interfering with my process so if we could just like maybe just not have any sound in general right you know well then, why don't you go do Shakespeare in the Park? You fucking loser! Yeah, we so got all you, kinds of yeah, this. you you do see a lot of stuff, it's, and especially, um, like again, I can't speak to the 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 higher um, levels, but some of the, some of the lower level stuff, um, you just have to laugh. You know, we've got stories. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just in production in general, um, you know, I've had to bring my own spoon and bowl to set. Yeah, the soup one. Yeah. <laughs> your own and, and it was on i think it was on the call it wasn't even a call sheet it was like an email it was an email it was like a postscript please yeah. bring your own <laughs> utensils it was 99 cent uh soup too it wasn't even like it was like lead iced soup i got <laughs> there i got there and they wanted me they ha they were asking me to help load their uh, their their crafty in and it was 99 bags and i'm not judging because it was one of the the, the first things i did too sure um and I don't and and thinking back now, it's like, um, my levels were so bad. Yeah, dude, they were so. You paid bad. them back. You got them back. I th I think. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even I didn't even know how to use my my fucking faders and anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like a, it was fifty. It wasn't no. It was twenty five bucks. Yeah. Or fifty bucks off a of Craigslist. There you go. So you get what you pay for. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But but still, it's it's a learning it's learning, and it always it keeps you humble. You know, you can't you can't get a big head in this industry. You really you can't, can't. You really can't. It's th there's no need. There's, there's really no, no it's need. Not, it's not necessary. We're we're playing in a make believe world, yeah. guys. Come on. Talk about the realities of the make believe world. So now we have COVID nineteen ravaging throughout the country because we have no leadership, and uh, so here we are trying to get back to set. How has it been for you? Well. Uh, I I haven't I haven't really done a lot of work. Um, the larger productions that I worked on, and again, I'm I'm going to say large for me is um, twenty to fifty people. Um, those all stopped. We're not we're not doing those anymore. Uh, one of my clients who did do that um, called, and we were going to what we did was uh, client director and and uh, DP, um, director of photography, was off-site on Zoom. And we were on location at the Talon's house 
um, it was just me and an uh, assistant camera operator. We built all our equipment, and then we gave it to him. He set it up inside. Now, it's a big living room with a glass wall, and we're out you know, sliding glass so we can tell him what to do. But essentially, that's, that's what happened right after, you know, weeks into the shutdown. Right, so bigger things. I don't think they're doing anything. Uh, I've I follow sound mixers on Instagram. I know somebody's doing something for. I think Military Channel is still doing some of the reality stuff because I saw pictures of people getting mic'd up with with face masks. It's a little different when you're outside. Um, as far as like PPE, I've got face mask, got face shield, I've got gloves, I've got alcohol spray, alcohol wipes hand sanitizer, um, and I think you just sort of have to travel with your own stuff because no one's going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an expense. I guess you can expense that. Um, but, you know, I'm going to make sure talent always sees me, you know, sanitizing before I give them microphones. I'm not going to be placing them unless they allow me to. Um, I'm even thinking, like, should I be wearing my, my, face, my, my face shield when I have to go up to talent? Um, Right now I'm wearing I'm wearing glasses, you know those fake sun no, like I, safety glasses. Safety almost, glasses, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know, and I don't know about other departments. We'll we'll have to ask. Um, you know, I think you know uh, G and E side should be easy. Send your guys in. No one's on set. G and E is grip and electric. Grip and electric. Let them set it up. Get everybody out. Have stand-ins. Um, mm. Hair and makeup is going to be difficult. Very. That's coming. We're going to be talking to well, a makeup artist. And I don't know how they're going to do that. Yeah. Sound again. Uh, if you're all day long, I would rather drop a boom than close mic all day long. I hate close micing. I, putting lobs on people, they move. They don't sound good. Um, so I think you know, and I think on stages a lot of times they don't even use that. You have you know a two three thousand um, dollar. Uh, shotgun microphone and a very experienced boom op that's all you really need to get excellent sound yeah um like if you've seen behind the scenes of mad max there's a scene where the boom op is in a shot and you see him working that boom trying to get that sound just left right left right such a physical job and it again you have to you can't just like hey let's get a pa to boom op for you <laughs> I mean, you know, lick my taint, asshole. No, you're not. <laughs> and then there's like, we live, we die, we live again. No, we just died. Yeah. In this particular case. You can't do that. You can't ask a PA to pull focus for Yeah, you. and it's just such Don't a, do that. It's a really... It's, it's disrespectful. It's an, it's, it's a, it is disrespectful to have... like. So you're just saying that any old person can do this. Also, PAs actually have other shit to do. Exactly. They and don't yeah, have time like, to like, like do what you your say, job. Don't pull a PA off of, of, of locking down a location to go get... You know, somebody coffee. It's like it's unnecessary. Don't do that. You're a human being. You can wait until after the thing to have your coffee. I don't understand this fucking exactly. need to be caffeinated. You know, put something in your purse. I don't. I don't understand put that something part. Something in your fanny pack, you fucking child. That part too. It's <laughs> like you have you have your crew working, and then all of a sudden you have all these lattes coming in for Video Village. I don't understand and it. You're, and you're walking through crew, and all we've got is you know some cheap nasty ass coffee. That on my set. You know, not on my set. I would always like I was kind of the reverse, like the, uh, the leash will go fast uh, first. So when I would have lines, like the PAs get to eat first, 
So the talent gets to pick over what's overlapped. I'm like, see, you're getting paid the most. They're getting paid the least. This is how we do it on the set. And also I would walk food around to um, people who couldn't leave their positions, which would be camera and sound. Do you know yeah. what I've noticed on a, uh, just uh, especially one client of mine um, that they, they hire the, the production, hire, uh, production company hires such a good crew and that the, the, um, the client sees how hard all of us are working and they let us go first all the time for food. Yeah. They, they defer to us. They should. And I, I think that's, and that's, I think that's the way it's changing and I think it's good. Yeah. Because these guys, especially, you know, grip and electric, you know, a lot of co- people like to give them a hard time. But they're busting their fucking ass. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, moving all those lights, those stands and shit. I mean, sure, I they're ha- showing their, us their butt crack, but they're working their butt cracks off. Yeah. So, do you feel like it's true? Like, there's this whole big push to weed out the assholes in the industry. We're seeing the takedown of Ellen DeGeneres. I didn't even think that was going to happen. I thought that was just going to go on forever. It's like when Louis C.K. got taken down. I was like, what the fuck is happening? They're taking down Ellen. <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're the, the, the showrunner that got shit canned. Do you feel like this is just obligatory? Or do you think that people are just in a moment where with COVID, with Trump, with Black Lives Matter, you think people are just fucking done? I With this kind of behavior, do you do you believe it when they said they're going to clean up the industry? I th- I think from what I have seen, um, is that there there are more and more people who want to be treated with respect, and and we treat other people with respect. I have worked with with um, someone who uh, actually had to tell a director, um, "Look, man, you need to cool it because my guys are they work very hard." And everyone that I bring in, I, I, I vet them carefully, and they're part of my, my team. I bring them onto different, jar, uh, different jobs, and you cannot treat them that way. Yeah. And that director cooled off and is a, pleasant, uh, a pleasure to work with. Yeah. So yeah. we have to look out for each other. I made one vow when I started this is that if I ever get the opportunity to be a department head and have um, a, a, a boom op and a utility or boom ops and utilities, um, I will never put them in danger. Um, and I will never allow them to be in a place where there is potential, um, where we're breaking the law and people are stealing shots. I'm gonna pull my whole crew. Uh, if they wanna get sound, they can hire another crew they could fire me, um, but I will not have one of my crew die on set. I got to tell you, as someone who's yeah. married to you and someone who's also your friend, I love it when you say that kind of so. stuff. It, it's really tough when there's 80 people standing there and just you to go, nah, you know, and you do have that personality to be able to go, this is the right thing to do. You know, if, if that had only happened with Sarah Jones that day, exactly. I'm not blaming anybody else on that crew. I'm not blaming anybody else but that fucking director. Yep. Um, but cause that falls down on that guy's shoulders, but you know, you have to stand up and go, we're not going down that train. Tussle. We're all, not going to fucking do that. There's all these little steps that you have to take to get to that. That's right. And if you don't take those steps and you stop it down here and you have, a, you, you're just your crew saying, no, 
then it stops. And if you want to shut down the day, shut down the day. Sure. Protest. That's what it's all about. Don't let anyone take advantage of you. There's no reason for you to die on set. No. Or no. be harassed. Or be harassed. Or micro hostilities. You know, like how far do we want to take it? Uh, because as a producer, I had the power to go, no, we're not fucking doing this. Yeah. I could walk in real quick and, and stop those fights and just say, we're not going to do this. I have the power to hire and fire. But no. when I would have crew coming to me going, you're not seeing this. You need to fix this. You need to. I would take it very seriously. No. A lot of producers, they just want the hoss and pepper to get made. So it's always very challenging just in general without COVID. But now it's like we have COVID. We have sexism. We have racism. We have misogyny. We have all kinds of shit that goes on on sets. And it's like. I want to believe, I want to believe that crews are going to start speaking up more and being and be protected. Yeah. We I think I think there is an increasing intolerance for um toxic work environments especially for something as high stakes as production because every minute passes and and you know money's going down the drain, but I think in Ellen's case her her work environment has had a history of being a place of harassment and getting fired because Ellen, you know, thought you your breath smelled bad or something like that. Like, I think there's an increasing intolerance of that kind of behavior and also towards talent who behave like that. And <laughs> I think it all started with the Imagine video, but... Uh, um, <laughs> See what y'all brought think, on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think it's because, because major hotspots like California who also have bustling industries like that, that it might take a while to bounce back fully. I think priorities are going to be reshuffled and I think people are going to start focusing on what's important. And now that working in an environment like that is a lot more high risk in terms of getting sick than it used to be. If they get, get even a whiff of this isn't worth my time or in more extreme terms, my life or my health, then I'm, I'm out, you yeah. know, I'm not, I'm not going to work for you. So I think the tide is changing in terms of what environments and what hiring is going to look like in the future and who's going to want to work with you and who, who's not going to. I want to believe that. I really do. Well, like some of these problematic directors and things, I mean, do you think they're going to continue? Are they going to be completely like, I don't know. I think like, when they, when they show their asses, like Christopher Nolan wanting to, play his tenant movie during a pandemic i think that that says a lot about him as as a director and as a person who who puts out films i mean like if 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 i was anywhere near that i would have been like we're in a pandemic dude your movie can wait yeah it's the you same know? thing about it what's his thing like not, not sitting fuck you <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, know. no chairs on set. Oh, there was a I, there was a weird back and forth. Like that was true, but it's also not true. But it's also kind of true. I can't remember. Wait, what's it? Wh can you fill me in on, on that one? Well, yeah, same Chris, thing. Chris Nolan's whole thing is like you. You know, he, he thinks if you're sitting on set, you're not working. Well, I would like to tell you that what that grip is going to do to your copy when you're not looking. When if you're like you start imposing these fucking rules, so why don't you huff around this gear on your fucking set? Also, it doesn't it's also fucking ableist matter. As fuck. It to is say ableist that as fuck. But like you know, if you're if you're sitting, you're not working, or all these. Like the Quentin Tarantinos of the world, you can't have a cell phone and blah, blah, blah. By God, if I have a sick child or my wife gets hurt and I can't get to my fucking... Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. I want to see that guy get his comeuppance too. Stop using the N-word in every single thing when you write, dude. All these auteurs who are brought to their names. Fuck off. Just fuck off. Just fuck off. But yeah. any of this bad behavior. But it's, it's the small stuff, you know, where you don't have power. 
that people, you know, are getting to speak up. I don't know. I would like to see the douchebag directors um, be brought to their knees. And I'm not trying to have a boohoo moment, but one of the reasons why I, I just I got into the business out here later in life, you know, 38, but I'd already seen some shit by the time I got to L.A. And my tolerance for it, I just didn't last very long in, in the industry out here because I'd already had, you know, three lifetimes of being on sets and doing shit and being in post and being, you know, in situations. And when I got out here and I saw a lot of the really shitty behavior with no nobody to answer to and saw the demoralization and when I was in charge of anything on my own, I I worked really hard to make sure that set was uh an equitable place to work that people were enjoying themselves and felt protected. But I never really rose to the ranks to have power, power. But I'd like to see it now that I'm older. I want to see it for this generation coming up. And I want to be able to have someone go, okay, so this actor's acting like a dickhead. There's 15 other people behind that person that we can call yeah. up and get on the yeah. set tomorrow. Yes. yes. Well, I mean, you know, we have to break down that, that barrier of what a person needs to look like. Because there there's tons of people out there. Tons. Tons of people. Who can act better than you. Or just like the A-list you. mentality. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. who are better than you. The A-list mentality needs to go. Yeah. Nobody gives a... F- Does anybody give a fuck about like, we'll just go see good shit. Yeah. And I think that's... The audience is making a lot of these determinations. Because you and I were saying, you know, and I were saying like, we can't sit here and just watch anymore. I don't think we ever just overtly consumed white shit before but there was a lot of stuff that you'd sit down and go okay we're going to get to the we have no tolerance now for we'll turn on something and go oh this is white people just doing some bullshit i'm not gonna watch it and we like i wanted to watch something kind of uplifting to kind of get us out of the fact that they really going for this authoritarian shit aren't they i needed a little bit of a break from where we are in the moment and i turned on and an e thinking I'm going to watch this little, you know, red-headed child run around Canada or Nova Scotia or wherever the hell they are. And it ended up like being a very heavy politically um, crazy thing, you know, like dealing with racism and sexism and and calling Indians savages and having their language cut off. I'm like, and with an E just going whore. Yeah. <laughs> like, and with an E is like, I'm a sweet little show. Bam! And I was like, oh, okay, I'm signing up for this shit. You know, this is the stuff I'm I'm here for. And I feel like the audiences are there, too. Like, people are trying to post all their, what was the day um, I got up in, in uh, Home Slice, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy dude, oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. He has a baby with, oh, um, what's her heifer? And then they're all, like, and I'm just like, I, a lot of people are like, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. nobody cares right now. Yeah. Do you know, I, do you know just as on Just Basel cons- but, yeah. pfft, you know, like. Nobody cares. I'm sorry. Oh no, just on the consumer side, you know, non non working side. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't like that dude. <laughs> yeah. Anymore. What do you, like the way he, his shit went down. I'm he like, went all like Christian. Ah, I was like, well, and yo. then he cast he cast Anna uh, on exactly. a side like she was nothing, and everybody's congratulating him for like marrying up. Yeah, I have no. Congr- I, I don't know. If if you. I ever work with the dude, <laughs> I will be completely cool. I'll take the money, but. Yeah. Yeah. Be this is, this is what I was talking about. Like the complete, like no one gives a fuck anymore. Yeah. And I mean, I hardly. I didn't give a fuck that. beforehand, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Like I, I don't know. really care who you're banging. I don't care what you got. You got three thousand dollar Birkin. I just like I don't know. 
Maybe it's because I grew up poor. Maybe it's because I don't have that kind of money. I just, how could you? $3,000. You know what you could do with $3,000? You give that to a food bank. Even before the pandemic, you give that money to, look, consumerism is kind of bullshit too. You know what I'm saying? All of this stuff. I'm just like, and your makeup tutorial, bitch, where are you going? Where are you going? And you're going to put your mask on if you do go outside, if you're acting right, and you're just going to rub it off. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, I, I don't. It's also kind of freeing because it's just, there's all these things I just don't have to think about anymore. Just have to think about like getting through this election cycle and you know, making sure that people are, and, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do about it, but I'm like, how can I pick people up? Can I, can, if I had money, my big thing is if like I had just tons of money at my disposal, I would go and bring, pull all the permits get a small army, pull all the permits, and get uh, really nice shitter trailers uh, taken around to the lines. And then that's where you bring your coffee truck. That's where you actor types. You have all this money. This is where your coffee truck comes in handy. with has little snacks and food, and then you bring the porta johns to the lines. If you want to do something besides, you know, don't sing Imagine to us anymore. But y'all got the money. Let's do that, Chris Pratt. You know, you didn't have the baby. She's at home with a nanny and stuff. You get your ass out there in the street and get some coffee trucks or some get some food trucks for people waiting in line to vote. That'd be awesome, right there. Know what I'm saying? That's a good idea, though, to have you know shitters out there. Just because people need a break or like you know you have people to come you know with mask on. Of course, everybody's all safe, but like maybe you hold somebody's child or you know you're 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 entertaining the crowds. You're keeping people going because. We got to get these fascist fucks out of the White House. And I think that's the kind of where we're all like being. And also arrest the goddamn killers of Breonna Taylor. Arrest them. So like this is the stuff that I'm thinking about. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting up today and thinking about, well, what did Kim Kardashian fight with Kanye? Ah, y'all just need to get that brother help. And that's all I think about them. I just feel like my tolerance for it was kind of on the cusp, and now I'm like, don't have any tolerance for it. No, whatsoever. no patience for it. Yeah, I that's true uh, myself. Like, some of the, some of the, um, you know, the reality side that I was giving a little bit of time to in the last year or so, I'm just like, I don't have I can't time. watch reality. None of it matters. And I, you know, I can't, I don't want to work with, with certain people. Yeah. So. That was going to be my question. Yeah. If you saw, if somebody called you up, here's a project, so and so is going to be on it, you know, they're notoriously. Oh, uh, whatever. Would you just go, hey, I'm working those days. How would you say that? Would you make your politics known or would you just be like, hey, got other shit to do? You know, that's a, that's a very that's a tough one. Um, and you have to, you definitely have to make that decision beforehand. Yeah, um, because I've been in a situation where I've done a job where I'm like, oh, OK. Um, I might have shot pop propaganda. <laughs> I just did some propaganda. <laughs> Um, All the trucks in the parking lots had Confederate flags, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was kind of weird. It was like when it was 2015, right? It was 2015. I don't. Uh, yeah. Or something like and it that. It might have been Putin propaganda, but we I, didn't really know. We couldn't really was, figure it out. It was it was Russian propaganda. Yeah. And what they were trying to do was they were trying to get the world's fair. So whatever this production company. And, you know, there's a story there, too. But um, <laughs> you went into the back of a restaurant. Everybody spoke Russian. They were fiddling with their pinky rings. They paid you in cash. That, in an envelope no, in an alley. that was a different. That was a different one. 
<laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that was the other guys. Yeah. That's the one that where I worked with the guys that looked like mobsters. And they really were mobsters. I don't know. They, they were nice they to me. They only looked like mobsters. Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were nice to me. Ian was like, I, I think <laughs> they were nice mobsters. I, I think know. I might be working with the Russian mob. Not sure. I'm not going to ask. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what country they came from. But um, but it, but as far as the other, the, the, tw- the World Fair 2020, um, it was just bizarre. And some of these, these scenes that we created were just bizarre. Yeah. Like there was this, there's this, um, this tank army bat- uh, graveyard up near in Santa Clarita. Of course there is. And um, yeah. we, we had, they had some, you know, brown guys on top of a tank waving flags with, with smoke going through. Um, I don't know what they were yelling. They were just like, you know, <laughs> pretend you're yelling. Pretend like you've won your freedom. And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> don't go to Oklahoma. Do World Fair here in Russia where so, things like this don't happen. I, you know, I Or maybe know. they're promoting. Come to World Fair. You see Uprising? Yes. Hmm. World Fair 2020. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't do anything. I didn't... Uh, you know, I don't. I don't need any mobsters running after me. I didn't do anything, guys. Yeah, no, it's fine. So. You're good. I think you're safe. I think you're fine. No, not, we're not anti-Russian people. I no. have a lot of Russian friends, actually. They were like, I mean, yeah. if it, but it, they it, know, I'm not like, anti-Russian. I have look, Russian friends. You, I, have, I know a couple of Russian friends. <laughs> you work. You work in this industry long enough. You do everything. Yeah, everything. You, do. you really do. You really do. So. Things that you didn't even know that you were going to be doing. You're like, oh, there's a sheep in the room, and that woman's naked. All right. Cool. Uh, <laughs> you just don't know. <laughs> but, you know, like, but we, know th- we know the obvious ones where, like, you know, um, you just see the obvious things. And I've actually stood up. Like, there was a thing that Ian and I were working. I was at his boom op for a minute. We were on a set where they were making this child do the stunt. And it wasn't even, it was a harmless stunt where she was just going to fall down. And I said, you, you, this is not something you guys should be doing. This is the director's daughter. And I'm like, she's a little kid. Yeah. You're ha- asking her to fall down safely on this map, but again and again and again, like because they're doing multiple takes because they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. There's no reason for you to do 17 takes There's anywhere no, no stunt for anything no whatsoever, medic, directors no of the world. Yeah. You're just being a dick. Anyway, so this this guy, I told him, I said, you should fake this stunt because we don't have a stunt double. Yeah. And I was just saying, because I was just the boom op, and normally boom ops don't tell the director what to do, but it was a small enough thing where I'm like... Next day, sure enough, the guy walks up to me and he goes, you're absolutely right. My, my daughter's in pain today. She's very, very sore. I'm like, you're just going to have to learn not to do this kind of shit. Yeah. And then on that same set, they were going 17, 20-hour days. Yeah, we, yeah. And they, I finally, yeah. we had a big row with them and we walked off that set, you know, in protest that night to go. It was, everybody was suffering. No one would say anything. But because I was the oldest person on the set, again, don't let me be your boom up. Um, my husband knows better now. I was like, he looked at me, I looked at him, we didn't say a word, and we just started packing our shit, and they were like chasing us down the street. What's going on? I'm like, this is not cool. Well, it, What you're doing is not cool. Yeah. Uh, like, And I, I read the list off, the laundry list, and then there's another show we walked away from, and I told the, the fucking asshole wannabe director bitch, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're literally not going to do that. And there was talk of blacklisting. I said, you know that goes both ways. Yeah. I know a lot of people. So how, how do you want to play this? Do you want to like calm down? Or I can just spend my holiday like was a no it was like a Thanksgiving holiday. I can sit on the phone here and just 
call up old friends and and throw your name out there. So be careful who you're pissing off. And also, you know? I, also, I think um, you know, you start to you start to get your bullshit meter up a little bit. You do. You know, just by talk, talking to certain, you know, when you have the initial conversation with certain people, you can. Sort of tell you're just like, oh, this is bullshit. No, I'm busy. Sorry, I just got something at my you rate. You can smell it. You know, you can smell it when somebody's like, yeah. just you're just like, Ugh. it's like the first five minutes of something that you're watching. You know, you're gonna tell. You can tell like if you're gonna enjoy it or not. When somebody starts talking, you're just like, I'm busy. Yeah, so. yeah, and you can you can also tell um, when people are they don't know what they're doing. I I mean I remember having I drove out to like. I don't know, Toluca Lake or something to meet some director and producer. And I was like, you guys obviously don't know what you're doing to have me drive out here to talk to me about what? Why can't we do this on the phone, Dick? You know, and now what that they were forced to, to, that's kind of nice now that we're <laughs> doing it that way. What do you yeah. see happening? I mean, I know you have no idea. You're not a guy who does the crystal ball thing, but do you have any notion about how you think 2021 is going to be? Is um, it all just conditional? I think it's conditional, uh, depending on the vaccine and efficacy of that, because you're you're again you're in so much proximity, and you can you can quadrant off and have different different um, departments come and go. But between each switch, do you have to stop down for a disinfecting? Do you have what what's that protocol from you know your set deck? Is leaving set and your 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 grips are coming on or whatever the w- goes first. Grips are coming on, they're leaving. Set deck needs to come in because usually everyone's working at the same time in safety. You know, you're usually not. You know, will your you know your your AD will have everyone offset, and G and E camera have the room and they do their thing, and then every once in a while, set deck will sneak in if they can do something safely. Um, with COVID, there's no, you can't do that. So I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, how do you do multi multi person scenes? Yeah, I'm angling to get an AD on set. I've got uh, I've got some some feelers out trying to bring an AD on because I'm thinking, what a time to be an AD. There, it's already a very super stressful job. Um, I have to say, it's one, probably one of the most stressful jobs on a set is the assistant director. Um, they wrangle the crew. So I'm trying to get um, a good friend of mine to come on. ADs normally don't like to even talk about what they do. They're just they're also just they sort of lay in corners when they're not being ADs. I feel like, and they just sort of shiver, and, the, and they just have PTSD all the time. So I wonder what it's like for them. So I'm trying to get I'm trying to get uh, if you are an yeah. AD and you're listening to the podcast and you want to come on and, but um, just I'm just really interested because these are my uh, brothers and sisters and others in the business, you know, getting to hear from you, you know, it really shines a light on stuff I'd never even thought about before. And I live with you. (laughs) So I think, you know, thank you for coming on and talking to us about this because I know you're not a big talker about what you do. You know, the funny thing is, is that, you know, um, people are going to listen to this or whoever listens to this. If it sounds like shit, you're going to be like, oh, this sound mixers. (laughs) There is a guy garbage. that we, we want to listen. He says some really cool shit, and he has some great guests, but he's a sound mixer, and we listen to his podcast, and we're like, bro, <laughs> mix your podcast better. What the fuck? <laughs> he's probably like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a sound guy, and I'm like, do podcasts. Fuck it. But is he the principal? The, anyway, fine. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know his situation, so. <laughs> we haven't said his name. 
I don't even know who you're talking about. Okay, so. you're right. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he's the guy who has a podcast. So, so yeah, I d- I'm I'm glad we sat down and we're doing this little series. You're little. You're you're starting it off uh, next week. We're going to have uh, Melissa Myers and Travis Myers. She's a production designer, and he's an actor. And we're going to get the two um, these two perspectives from uh, my their couple, and they work very closely in this industry with the stuff you're dealing with. So it'll be interesting to hear what Travis and Melissa have to say. So that's going to be super fun for next week. But as we get the bigger picture of what's going on and things are changing every day, I just, my only hope is that we can get back to work safely. Um, because like you say, we're making, we're making up shit. It's, it's mm-hmm. a world of make-believe. Even if you're doing nonfiction stuff, you know, this is, something that we do and it's people want it people need entertainment they need information we just have to do this in a way where no one dies it's not worth anybody getting sick and dying of covid it's one of those things that is a product of a functioning society Mm. like sports like we heard last week um if you don't have a functioning society you don't need to be having entertainment yeah um this is not 9-11 where we wanted to get back to baseball um, I, or, or football, or whatever the fuck they're playing nowadays. Yeah. Um, no, it's just this is a time to stay and stay healthy so you can change what's going on so this doesn't happen again. Yeah. But, you know. Very well said. So uh, we're going to talk to you guys next week. I hope you have a good week. I hope you're taking care of yourself, taking all the necessary breaks. Anybody got anything they're recommending that people uh, watch, listen to? I know... You should be watching the Avatar series on Netflix. And there's other ones. There's there's Avatar, The Last Airbender. There's The Legend of Korra. Yeah, that's going on Netflix in a couple of days. It'll be there on Friday. Right. So that'll like that takes up where Airbender left off, correct? Or is it an um, offshoot? It, ta- it takes place like 70 years after the first series. Gotcha. So it's a sequel series. Yeah. All right. There you go. And then you can listen to the Avatar Hour podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. Is there a video? Not, not SoundCloud, but not SoundCloud. anywhere else, yeah. Okay, there you go. Well, I mean, yeah. you'll get there yeah, if you want. Yeah, you'll get there. Thanks and it is take it has hit the ground running. It's like it's people are loving it and downloading it and like really getting into it and getting you guys to talk about theory. So check it out and subscribe. Uh, and give it a good review on iTunes because I love it. I like the two of you together. You and Kayla are great together. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's been a lot of fun. It's super. Um, fun. I would recommend if you haven't watched it already. I would recommend Dear Bla- uh, White People. Mm. Um, I've finished all three volumes in a week and I loved it. Um, it's been in my Netflix list for a while and I finally got around to it and it is awesome. So definitely check it out. And who knows, we might even be doing a podcast on it. I need to, I haven't finished the series, so I need to go in. And also I'm going to recommend, go back and recommend, I May Destroy You. It's on HBO. Uh, please, if you are a victim of abuse, I mean, I, I thought it was going to trigger me. I thought it was going to, but I ended up like, I don't know, it was, had the opposite effect. There's something healing about Watching this girl go through her trauma. Very powerful. It's on HBO. Michaela Cole. Good to see what she does. And also Anne with an E. If you're looking for something to like, be like, oh, this is sweet, but also kind of gets to some points and has a catchy theme song and set in a in the spectacular Green Gables of 
Nova Scotia. I'm not really sure. I probably looked that up. Um, it's it's really cool. That's on Netflix and with an E. So I I recommend that. Ian, any recommendations for sound? Um, and with an E. And with an E. You're into that. We're watching that a lot. Yeah. We're just like really into it. Okay. Uh, we'll see you soon. And uh, peace. Arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>